everybody, and welcome to another always very special episode of Ignite Radio Live. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. Join us in this great adventure to go more deeply at ilovemyfamily.us, where you will find many tools, but in particular, the Live It Gathering Guide, (laughs) which is a wonderful um, tool to help families talk and pray based on the upcoming Sunday readings. There's fun questions. There's daily questions. Check it out. ilovemyfamily.us. Quick commercials. Join us. Belief and beverages nights. Great opportunities to get together with wonderful people. 6.15 p.m. at GMC of Perry's Word. Perry's Word. Perry's Burg. <laughs> Maybe they'll change the name because they're such faithful people, the Cronins, Rich and Connie Cronin. Anyways, it's a fourth in our series, Incarnation, Reflections on One Nation Under God. And you are really going to love this speaker. It is one of our son's favorite from Hillsdale, talking about marriage and family, the threats, the challenges, and what God designed it to be. So you do need to register. Uh, limited capacity, so massimpact.us forward slash BNB, massimpact.us forward slash BNB. Okay, enjoy this moment, right? Enjoy God's grace being outpoured, but kind of put in your mind some excitement and anticipation for Advent and the three Tuesdays before Christmas, the three Tuesdays before Christmas, we are marking our presents for Christmas season with the theme, Return to Bethlehem. Going to take place at a beautiful country parish. Immaculate Conception. Immaculate Conception is the name of the parish, but it's out by Holy Trinity. And uh, it's really going to be a marvelous. We have uh, some new uh, developments, if you will, that are really going to make it awesome. It runs from 7 to 8.15 p.m. And uh, the first part of it is going to be praise and worship with a great theme story presented. The second half, solemn adoration, all in an hour and 15 minutes with confession also. So we will direct you to that soon. But mark the first three Tuesdays of your calendar for that in December. With no further ado, we're just going to, you know, hot call our great guest here, Joe Campo. I think he's probably been on the most out of any of our guests. That's quite possible. We and love Joe. Give me one second, okay? Absolutely. Can you give me one second? Yeah, absolutely. We can give right you a second. Oh, well, all right. There we go. Good. <laughs> we'll keep it real. Joe Campbell, we're just going to set it up here um, and then call him back in a moment. He is an award-winning film producer, amazing films, grassroots films, uh, Human Experience, Outcasts is one of the most recent ones, telling the story of the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal throughout the world. He's an uh, um, expert photographer and uh, father and grandfather, most consequentially. Yeah, that little... Uh interaction right there was so New Yorkian. I love it. <laughs> right. Every time I see or hear Greg on the phone with him, I, one, I can always tell he's talking to Joe just by his demeanor hmm. and joy and the substance of what they're talking about. But and then to hear his voice just always warms my heart. Um, he's just amazing. Real deal. And man, are we blessed. You think that was a moment enough? I don't know. I don't <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Greg. Hey, no, it's good. No worries. You know what? We're keeping this hot because we love you so much. We do love you, And you've been on our program before. You've transcended the bounds of just guests. You are now just like brother in Christ. And so we're hot. We're live. You know, we got you on and uh, we we introduced- beautiful. Yeah. No, we uh, we set it up already with telling a bunch of lies about how much we love you and- Gregory. Well, I know. It shouldn't be sarcastic. As a good friend of mine who was in net, he'd say, Greg, sarcasm means to cut flesh. 
So I don't know, but you know, Elijah, he was pretty sarcastic, I think, to the prophets of Baal. You know, maybe maybe your gods are relieving themselves and that sort of thing. So I think they're, I don't know. Joe, do you think there's an appropriate place for sarcasm? As he asks the New Yorker. I'm from Brooklyn. Right, right. I'm from Brooklyn. You know, there's nothing better. There's nothing better than to listen to uh, a Jewish accent with sarcasm. (laughs) That might be true. That might be true. Joe, I was saying also that I think that... um, we are obviously so blessed to have you with us today, but I think you have been on your most repeated guest, if you will, that shows how much we value you, you and love you. And sincerely, oh, you so much. no sarcasm here. Greg makes up for the both of us what is lacking in my flesh of sorry, cutting flesh. <laughs> there you go. Um, but we are so blessed by you, by your friendship, by your witness, just by your love of the Lord and real deal. You are so real deal. And um Again, just so blessed by you. So, Joe, um, yeah, I want to set many things we could speak about, and we turn our listeners to other programs that we will use in the notes uh, where Joe shares his wonderful journey, his story, um, very high-level corporate success, encounter with Christ, faith, Catholicism, uh, marriage, and his challenges in marriage. He's very candid about that. Um, blessed by Father Benedict Grishel in a powerful way, very close kinship there, who uh, really um, set up the St. Francis House and had you run that. And we spoke a little bit in, in our journey about, of course, the uh, grassroots films and integrating the young men into that and fostering kind of like as a father, being a father presence to them. And as we recently celebrated the eighth year, I believe, of passage of our beloved friend, Father Benedict Rochelle, into eternal glory, it seems like we're ever coming out of COVID. And you're in New York, so I'm, I'm sure you're probably feeling you're still in the epicenter of it that just never ends. Many even good, godly marriages and families, people are feeling disconnected. They're feeling their language. And the supply for that poverty is our very nature in the Trinity. We're made for community. And it seems to me that the way the enemy attacks, just to kind of set the stage tonight, is to, I don't cripple our capacity to be in communion, to be in community. We receive maybe Holy Communion, but are we living out the implications of Holy Communion in Holy Community? Everything community, to me, seems to be challenged. So how important from God's perspective is community? What have you learned about the importance of community? It goes. It goes back to uh, Our Lady uh, mm. when she appeared in Fatima in 1917 about uh, when she told Lucia that the final battle between God and Satan will be on the family, mm-hmm. and the family is community within itself, and then of course it, it broadens out to our neighbors and extended family and so forth. So, is it important? Most important. Um, extremely important because we were made for each other. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a wedge, like you said, being disconnected. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are being disconnected. And um, it's not just because of COVID or anything like that. That's a big part of it. But it's political. It's, it's sexual. It's, it's physical. It's mental. It's everything you can possibly think of psychological. Mm. There's a tremendous amount of warfare going on Mm. to destroy the community and to destroy the family. And I believe in my heart of hearts that we are in the final battle. Mm. Will I see it at the end? I don't know. At my age, you know, who knows? I believe my children will Mm. and my grandchildren will, you know, and so I'm preparing for that for them. Uh, And everything that we speak about and everything that we do with all the struggles that we have, 
when I'm speaking to people, I bring it down to the reality of we are fighting a spiritual battle. That's what this is. Mm. And it's about destroying the family. It's about destroying the community. Because, you know, once you take out the leader, which is God, and of course, you know, it's uh, it's uh, against the law to have God in, in schools and colleges and educational things. Once you take God, once you take, you know, it's, it's, it's once you take God out of all of this, and then so it's all going to fall apart. Mm. It's all going to fall apart. I just witnessed seeing on uh, Facebook, and she happens to be uh, a young lady who's about 26 years old. Now, she's actually my godchild. Mm. Completely lost. Mm. Totally lost. And the picture, that, the video that she had up there was showing her son parrot cards. Oh, gosh. And he goes, oh, yeah, this is what, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what we're all dealing with. Complete, she's completely disconnected. And I sent her a message saying that, listen, you are my godchild, which gives me authority over mm. you in a certain way, in a spiritual way. And you, you need to understand and you need to know that what you're doing is wrong. And you are going to be responsible for this. But I love you dearly, and I will pray for you every single day. But as your godfather, as your God, through the authority of your mother and the church, who appointed me, I'm telling you this totally wrong. That's totally wrong. That's awesome, Joe. Thank you for that uh, courage. How many of us, you know, are I love afraid? Her right, exactly. And you're you're acting in love. Actually, I think I love her more. Yeah. You know? Come on. <laughs> right, right. Stop this nonsense. Right. She's not gonna listen to me. I know that. I know she's not, because she's lost. But the lost can be found. She's the lost sheep. Mm-hmm. The, where, where does that put me in this? In the in the community of our of our of our community, it, it puts me in. Okay, so now now I have to really pray for her, like really hard. And her son, who was not baptized. And then mm-hmm. when I said to her, "Aren't you going to get him baptized?" And she said, "Well, I'm going to let him decide what he wants to do mm-hmm. as far as religion is concerned." I said, "Isn't that your job? Mm-hmm. You're the mother. Isn't that your job to do that?" I said, "Listen, he's going to learn." The world's going to teach him or you're going to teach him, but he's going to learn. What do you want him to know? And obviously he picked up the Satan card and that's who he was talking about. Mm. Heartbreaking. Scary stuff. Heartbreaking, right. Very scary. And she's beautiful and the child is beautiful mm. and he's so innocent. Talk about destroying the community. Right. I mean. So, Joe, I want, I want to tap your wisdom. Can I interrupt you real yeah, quick, absolutely. Craig? Sorry. Joe, I just I was thinking, I know this. you had mentioned this on a, a past episode with us, but I believe it was last Christmas you um, had shared what you gave as, as a gift to different people and just kind of uh, turning that to the whole spiritual battle. Can you uh, tell our guests once more um, what that gift was? Yeah, let me see if I can remember everything I put in that bag. Okay. Oh yeah, it's great. <laughs> it was it was a little it was a little brown paper bag, but it had this, uh, had the three wise men on it. They were obviously going to uh, give Jesus his gifts, give Mary and Joseph mm-hmm. uh, homage, you know, yes. as well as Jesus. So that that was the picture that was on there, and inside of that little bag, uh, I put in a rosary beads, mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, wooden ones for the guys, and then uh, nice pearl ones for the girls with a booklet that teaches you how to pray the rosary. I also put blessed candles in there. Mm. And I explained to them that the candles were made out of beeswax, and they're blessed. And if three days of darkness comes, Mm. you're ready. 
you know, and I explained what three days of darkness was on a small pamphlet. Mm -hmm. I also put a scapular in there. And then um, a lot of people are not familiar with the scapula, obviously, anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and, a, and a little brief thing on the scapula. And then prayers to Our Lady, prayers to St. Joseph, and matches, blessed matches to light the blessed uh, candles. Mm-hmm. And the matches had Our Lady on it, which was very nice. Very you know? cool. And there was a couple of other booklets and so forth in there. And um, when everybody thanked me for the gift, I said, mm-hmm. well, you know, these gifts are from heaven. Mm-hmm. I'm just delivering them. Neat. That's awesome. And they're very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's very important that you read everything that I put in here because it's not from me. It's from heaven. Mm-hmm. I love that. How many people are like, you'd yeah. be surprised how many people were, were grateful, you know? Yeah. Well, even tying it into as a godfather, your story, like mm-hmm. as Christmas is approaching, guys, like let's, what a great idea. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, to take yeah, and our... Also a, there was also a wooden cross in there for everyone to hang up in their homes. That's mm-hmm. great. And there was also holy water. Awesome. And I bought these really nice holy water things. You know, a couple of them were the plastic ones that I, when they ran out of the metal ones, if you know what I mean. Right, yeah, yep. It was like really inviting to, to look at this stuff. Like like anybody would want it, you know. The, the holy water looked like a flask that you put, you know, alcohol yeah. in. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so the guys were really like, oh, this is really nice. <laughs> cool. Holy water. It's holy water. That's great. It's Jerusalem you know 14. <laughs> you know. It was, it was, I mean, everybody, everybody truly, truly enjoyed it. And, um, and they were surprised to get such a beautiful crucifix, you know, mm-hmm. a, a wooden crucifix. Mm-hmm. That, that was it. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do this year, but, you know, you try to top yourself every year to give them something that they'll remember, something that's important. And I also said to them that was more importantly, I think, than everything was that the, these are not for me. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Joe, I want to. gifts from heaven. Amen. I want to punctuate that as you're speaking of this, if somebody happened to just tune in now and hear you, you've had your struggles, you've had your failures, you've had your Solomon experiences of seeing all his vanity. Go back to Joseph Campo in the days of the way you thought about women in romance. What wisdom and insight would you give to that person? Even when I was dating, when I was just a young kid in high school and I was dating, I mean, God was always a part of my life. Mm. You know, I had that grace. And so um, when a lot of my friends were taking girls to bed, I was thinking of taking the girl that I liked to church. Mm. Go, Joe. (laughs) I know. Yes, praise God. Now, don't think for one second at a 17 or an 18-year-old guy, I wasn't thinking of taking them to bed either. Don't don't, don't think that... (laughs) Right. You know, I, I'm not a saint. I mean, of course, that was all on my mind. And, you know, when you're young. And that's God's design, too, that desire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I was also, you know, I, I was like, I was a mixed bag, I guess. You know, I was like, you know, but I knew what the right thing was. Mm-hmm. I did. And actually, the first the first girl that I dated, I took her to see Jesus Christ Superstar. That's awesome. Back, back in the day, you know. Um but I would say for today, anyone who is thinking about marriage or courting or so forth and so on, um, that especially today, you know, it's extremely important to share your faith with the person that you're having a relationship with. If you're not talking about God, I mean, I explain to a lot of people, listen, when you get married to three people at the altar, mm-hmm. 
you know, and God is in the center of your marriage. So if you're not going to do that, it's hard enough to be married, live in this world the way that we live and all the things that are going on with God. It's not going to make it without God. Right. It's not. Right. It's not. You know, I don't think so. Well, how is that? So if you don't. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, if you don't include, you know, uh, God in the relationship, the glue that's going to hold everything together, if you're both not on the same page, you know, I don't, I don't see how it could work. I'll throw this out there also, that there are many who, the best case scenario, inherited devotion. But many of these didn't necessarily have what Pope Benedict really punctuated in his Jesus of Nazareth trilogy, that the relationship uh, was at the heart of the ritual. You know, I'm a counselor, so I counsel families and young people and so forth through many different, very many different difficulties in their life. And I, I just throw the books out. I mean, I've learned something from the books, you know, but once you're sitting in front of a person, everything changes. And the same thing with your spiritual life. You can go to Mass every day. You, 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 can, you can, you know, have all the devotions, you know. It doesn't mean you're going to heaven. Ever sit in a group of people, and I struggle with this, okay? You're in a group of people, and you pray in the rosary, and they sort of pray like Hail Mary, full of grace, Lord, there's a blessed time, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for sinners now, not the other day. And I'm like, what? And they're off. Everybody, hold it. I I can't do that. I cannot do that. I'm sorry. I'm not. I cannot do that. Right. You know, and it's sort of like everybody's kind of looking. I'm like, I can't. I can't do that. There's no sincerity in that. I'm saying that must be really annoying to Our Lady. (laughs) Amen. Every time you pray the Rosary, you hand her a rose. We're handing her Mm. dead flowers. Mm. You know? No. No. No, if you're not going to do it with a sincere heart, don't do it at all. That's my attitude. That's not being facetious. That's my attitude. If you're not going to do it, don't do it. Look, if you're going to do it for God, and Greg, you know we've, we've always said this uh, in our friendship over the years, do it first class, but don't do it at all. Mm. Do it for God, you know? And, you know, me being a third order Franciscan, a lot of times people will say things like, oh, well, you know, you're spending a lot on that. I go, it's for God. <laughs> God, first class or nothing. Don't you think he deserves it? Mm. Yes, but you could. I go, hold on a second, everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Relax. It's all right. Tomorrow you're going to forget about this. But for right now, this is important, you know, and we're going to do it right. You know, do I want to put my Jesus, if I have a relic of, let's say, Padre Pio, do I want to put it in an envelope or do I want to put it in some sort of, uh, you know, beautiful gold reliquary? Right. Well, I'm going to put it in the gold reliquary. Mm. Joe, can you talk a little bit about um, your great love for Our Lady, just to our listeners, maybe one who struggles with the whole Marian idea, but also those who um, haven't embraced her as their mother in the way that um, Uh, we would love to. She embraced me first. Mm. That's how. She embraced me first. Before my conversion experience in Medjugorje, you know, of course, I would pray and so forth and so on. But did I have a, a like a personal relationship with Our Lady? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, I did not. I didn't even know it was possible. I never thought of it. But during my my conversion experience, she came to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I climbed the mountain and I had to do all the things I had to do to get there. But but she came to me. Mm, beautiful. 
And when she came to me, I thought she had the wrong guy. <laughs> I'm serious, you know? Um, and so when she came to me, you know, I remember telling Father Benedict one time, I said, yeah, but, you know, who could say no to the Blessed Mother? Who could say no to God? He said, plenty of people. Mm-hmm. And I never thought of it. I didn't think you could say no or to Our Lady. Mm-hmm. But she, she came to me, and and it's the first time in my... And I must, growing up, I was the third child, so I did not have, uh, like, a really happy relationship with my mother. Mm-hmm. I was the third child. And like, the first child is like, honey, you're watching him breathing, right? Everything's okay. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Go to bed. The second child is like, you're watching him breathing? Yeah, he sneezes. He's okay, you know. Uh, the third child, that's me. Uh, honey, he's juggling knives. Be careful. <laughs> that's you know? great. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and so I did not have this great relationship with my mom. I always felt the guy that was left out, you know. Mm. But when I... But I, I made Our Lady my my mother, mm-hmm. and every, everything everything changed. And I said, no, you're my mother. You're my mother, mm. you know? And I'm sure my mom mm. didn't mind, you know? Right, right. <laughs> At all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was such a spiritual person. It wasn't her, it was me, you know? I mean, I was just, I was just number three in the line, not a place you want to be, especially if there's one after you, and there was. Ugh. I even made things worse. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now we're back to the baby again. And so <laughs> number three is like, Hold me, hold me. Now you're a big boy. I'm not a big boy. <laughs> you're a big boy. We got the little one here, you know. So <laughs> but I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, so Steph, remember I, that I, when our 20-year-old young men come and put their head on your shoulder and, and yeah, cuddle next exactly to you on the couch, right? yeah. and you have a quasi-annoyance sometimes, but most of the time I think you receive it very <laughs> right, well. Right, yeah. No. Always yeah, always that desire, right. which is beautiful actually for me to see how much our daughters also but our sons have that affection. And also That's Steph beautiful. just yeah, resonating also that Steph, of course, you lost your mother when you were five with nine eight older brothers, one younger, but the degree to which wow. Mary became your mother. Your dad was working all day. There were very few women, really no women in the house. Maybe now picture the young man at St. Francis home. You are really a foster father. You're a St. Joseph to a lot of these guys. You see the reasons for the brokenness. You see the brokenness of their the marriages of the families they grew up in. And is it not true that it's hard to have sincerity or intentionality if you don't deeply know the degree to which God personally loves you it it comes down i think to trust you know first with with the guys because the people who were supposed to uh protect them didn't and so therefore the trust is gone you know Mm. after being here for a certain amount of time Mm. and after making you know mistakes and and so forth and so on uh, they'll see that it takes a true man to say i was wrong they see that it takes a tremendous amount of strength mm. not to lie. And I tell them, but that was a lie. But, but, but I go, stop, stop. Everybody lies, but it's not okay. Mm. You know, but everybody lies and you just lied. And you know, when you do something wrong, I would be very, very grateful and I would have more respect for you when you say, you know, Joe, I'm wrong. Mm. See, because that teaches me that you are intelligent. Your pride went right out the window, and we go on talking about what, how pride is going to destroy you, you know. And I understand for you it's a survival tactic. Mm-hmm. But over here, you're not in survival mode. You don't have to worry about grabbing the food off the table and eating because there might not be any later. God has been very good to us. 
So you can eat as much as you want. And it's honesty and integrity. I could get anything I want, I said, you know. But you know what? What I want is honesty and integrity. Mm. And that shows me that you're a man, you know. And I'll give you an example. You know, somebody will take somebody's socks out of somebody else's drawer, and you're not supposed to do that. And an argument takes place over some things like that. It's not silly, I tell them. It's serious. Mm-hmm. You just violated that person's trust. You disrespected them. You didn't ask them. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if you asked, they would have said yes. Yeah. But you're dishonest. Mm-hmm. You know? So you start off that way. So honesty is like, like even in, in AA, when people go, honesty is the thing that they have to come up with first. But without that, nothing happens. You know? And the honesty, of course, and the integrity comes from God our Father. Now, if... If I learned from my parents, and my parents taught me because of the hierarchy of God in heaven, well, I believe my parents now. I believe my parents because they had somebody to answer to. And so because I have someone to answer to at the end of the day, they have to believe me because I'm not the high exalted Mr. Grula. I'm taking my orders orders from God. And so that's where you're going to take your orders from. And I tell them, and if you learn this, you'll be a very good father. Mm. And you'll be a very good husband if you learn this. And, you know, one of them has just come around the corner the other day. Mm. He goes, no, Joe, I did that. I said, you did that. Did you want to know something? I knew you did that. And he just looked at me. I said, I was just waiting for you to, I can't say it on, on this, but to grow some yep. strength. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Testicular fortitude, we can say it. <laughs> Yeah, 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 there you go. I was just waiting for that to happen, and you just did it. I said, come over here. I'm so proud of you. Tell the truth. A man is only as good as his word. Mm-hmm. You tell the truth. I don't care how difficult it is. You throw your pride right out the window. I did that wrong. So how many times have you heard me say that in the house? I'm sorry, guys, I did that wrong. Yeah, we've heard you say that. It's because I was wrong. Did I want to be right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I was wrong. Yeah. And when you're wrong, you're wrong. You have to correct the problem. I never learned anything from success. Mm. Nothing. I learned everything from my mistakes. You just made a mistake. Mm. It's okay. Great statement. We make, we're all going to make mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow's another day. We'll make mistakes tomorrow. Let's get through those. But today, praise God. You mm. did it. You're a, man, you're, you're a man of God now. And I'll tell you, mm. it really breathes strength and life into them because they were told the exact opposite. Like I said in the beginning, when we first started, we have this little boy who's seven years old. He's learning about the evil one before he learns about God. Mm. Completely backwards. Yeah. So what's amazing, Joe, is that God throughout history has worked through the B team. <laughs> you know, the the A team with uh, Michael Jordan and Shaq Always. and everything else didn't show up. I mean, they, they, they were groomed from the beginning and, and they've, they've got game mm-hmm. and they were endowed with the gifts and strength and, and God chose them. And when it came to game time, they, they just, many of them just missed it, right? Um, using the yeah. analogy. And, and um, the Jews, of course, we pray continuously for them to awaken to their appointing and anointing in their historical place. We are, if you will, the new Jews in, in every way. Zion, we pray that in the Psalms, et cetera. Same thing with dads. You're experiencing in a lot of ways that the 18th, Team, the the one appointed biologically to them that God entrusted his authority to bring them into a relationship with him have fallen short. So I just want to ask you maybe 
you know, we're, conf- we're a confused society. Matt Walsh's film, What is a Woman, is fantastic. I think just great for everyone to see and recognize really how messed up this world is in really undermining that that names have meanings. Mother, father, husband, wife, masculine, feminine, etc. So let's focus on men for a second. For the, the man out there who is still in his home and listening right now, um, who has the appointing and the authority, which means power from on high, God, what are ways that you see or you want to instruct or inform us to better step into our God appointing in being God's presence, fatherly presence in our homes? Sure, sure. I, I think, you know, uh, that'll happen and you'll know it'll happen because God will present the opportunity mm. and you'll know what it is. And now you got to take a step forward. How, it doesn't matter how uncomfortable it is. It, 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 it's going to be uncomfortable. But if changes need to be made and you're the father of the house, then you have a certain authority as the father. Then you have to instruct properly. You have to make the change in other people sometimes. But they have to see it through you. They have mm, to see it through goodness and, and so forth. And so and it may not happen overnight. I mean, patience is, gonna, is a very big uh, obstacle for young people, you know, and also for older people as well. And for anyone, maybe, you know, but that's the key. The key is to be patient and continue to pray and never give up hope ever, no matter mm. what. Never. That's why John Paul said it was my hero. Mm. <laughs> you know, young yeah. people of the world, do not be afraid. You know, yes, yes. in my head. Every time I hear his name, that's what I hear. Mm. It goes right through me. This is the Holy Spirit speaking through him to us. Mm-hmm. And if you accept that, in your, you open up your heart and accept that, then you'll see also in your own homes, in your own neighborhood, in your own community, that God will present these opportunities, and it's time. You know? Yeah. Uh, God does it for me every day. I mean, the contractor across the street that's building the house told me that he was, you know, praying to St. Barbara in Santeria, you know? He's Catholic. Hmm. I said, don't ever do that. Like, I really came down hmm. heavy. <laughs> he looks at me, what? Don't you ever do that. Mm. That's not from God. Do you want to do something? Pray to rosary. Just looked at me. I said, are you a man of God or not? And he said, yes. I said, come on, we got to talk. Come <laughs> out you, know? <laughs> you know, but again, God presented that opportunity or someone will call you on the phone and tell you something that you never thought would ever, you would ever hear from them, you know, and to be patient with them and, and to bring them along on the journey, you know. Somebody had said something to me the other day, wow, Joe, you go to church every day, man, you're such a holy guy. And I'm like, a church? I'll tell you what Father Benedict told me. You know, you'll be very disappointed in me one day. I said, you'll see, because we all fall short of God's glory, you know? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I said, I don't go to church every day because I'm a holy guy. I go to church every day because I need it. Mm-hmm. I'm not a holy guy. I'd like to be a holy guy mm-hmm. and more towards it, you know? But that, that's not why I, I go. I, I'm going because I'm, wor- I'm working on something. What are you working on? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're looking at me, but what are you, are you working on something? Because now mm-hmm. you're actually seeing me, what I'm trying to do for my spiritual life. Because at the end of the day, we're all going to die. And it may even be this day. Are you ready? Because mm-hmm. I'm not. Because I'm not. You know, mm-hmm. if we're a work in progress. Right. Know? And also, also to be patient with yourself which is a difficult thing for me to do, but I'm learning as I get older, you know? Joe, you evoked the the beautiful name of John Paul II, and every time I hear his name, 
like you said, certain things come to mind. And mine is also just this incredible love, right, which so many of us experienced who were blessed um, to live under his pontificate and get to know him well. And I think that mm. um, a word for me is just like true fatherhood, as we're speaking of that, like you could right. not not right. experience him as the Holy Father, right? Just that right. the love that he evoked and the challenge and everything that you're speaking of to men in particular and to dads, like he embodied and encouraged. Um, so a little bit of a tangent maybe, but do you have a favorite story or two about John Paul II that you remember that's dear to you? <laughs> that, that's very easy. That's very easy. I met him. Yes. Great well, picture, by the way, with you and uh, Father Benedict Rochelle, I think, and others. Oh, yes. But, so, uh, tell us. John Paul, I, I, I met him. We, we were outside the Vatican on Wednesday uh, after, you know, the, the, the Pope went in after, after the Mass and everything. And um, we stayed outside, and we were yelling, John Paul II, we love you, mm-hmm. for 15 minutes. Mm. And the priest that we were with said, uh, come on, let's go. He's not coming out. And we decided not to leave. Good for you. That we were going to keep, yeah, we, we were going to keep, we had one guy in our group who was leading us. It wasn't me. And he, and he was like, John Paul II, because it was his birthday, and he wanted to meet the Pope on his mm-hmm. birthday. Well, lo and behold, 15 minutes later, AP2 walks out. Mm. And where are we? Right where he walks. That's great. <laughs> Came right up to us. <laughs> right up to us. And I shook his hand and he looked at me and he asked me what I said, Youth 2000 on my t shirt. We brought a, uh, like 15 people with us to Rome that year and to Medjugorje. And uh, he asked me what Youth 2000 was. And mm. I, I couldn't even talk. Mm. <laughs> he looked right through me. Mm. Tears came out of my eyes, and I said, I don't know what just happened, but I love him. Yes. That's all I know. Mm. Yes. That's all I know, you know. And I have my son with me. We're both in the same picture. He was about, I don't know, maybe he was 11 at the time, you know. Um, that was my experience with JP, too. Mm. I, saw, I saw him on two occasions. and But to actually shake his hand, mm. uh, something went through me like never before. Mm. Yeah. Like never before. So you're a third class relic, I, Joe. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> yeah, I like that's it. Beautiful. <laughs> I'm a third class mm. relic. You yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. So Joe, we we've been blessed to journey for a couple decades now. A relationship that began way back in Brooklyn with the Youth 2000 events when I was living with Father Benedict Grishel, uh post-college and post-Steubenville uh, and really discerning the priesthood. And to me, I'll just say this, it, it forges in me the memory, forges in me a sense of what community is, ought to be, and do. And you, in life, it seems, God, as we talk every few weeks or whatever, is deepening that sense for your own desire. So if you want to talk about that, but I also want to ask, maybe you invoke the hell name of our beloved father and brother, uh, Father Benedict Rochelle. How have you learned God's design and purpose for the way every single Catholic community can and ought to be? You know, I, yeah, I can probably sum it up in one sentence, I hope. And it's just, you know, don't take your eye off the finish line. Mm so easy to do that it's so easy to be distracted uh but don't do it prayer prayer life without prayer is communication with god Mm. without that you have nothing you have noise you have music you have bad music 
<laughs> you, you know, you have, Amen to that. Right? I mean, come on. I'm not, 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 and it's not bad music because we don't like it. It's bad, bad music. music. Yes. You know, it destroys you. You know, mm. um, and 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 it glorifies hate and anger. And oh, please, mm. just anyway, so true. Pumping this into all our kids. Yeah, pumping into the kids. Is, oh. It, it, they're, very, they're very successful at it, the other side, at, at, you know, reaching from the inside out, you know? And music is one of the things that does that. But uh, if you don't take your eye off the finish line, um, I think that's the most important thing. At least that's what works for me. And I know that every situation that I'm in, or uh, whether it's good or bad, you know, at the end of the day, it's a spiritual experience. I mean, you know, where do I want to be, you know, when they bury me? You know, which, mm. where am I going? I know where I want to go, and that's what I'm working on. And if you're not working on that, I don't know what's going to happen. Mm. No one said this was going to be. Our, Our Lady even said, "I can't, I can't make it, you know, easy for you here, or I can't make you happy here." But in the next life, we can, you know. Mm. And so, why aren't we preparing for that, like right now, like everything that we do? Now, I understand that there are other things in life other than maybe just. Um, you know, praying. Uh, I don't expect everybody can do that. It's just not practical, you know. But there are certain books you could read. There is, uh, you can go, make sure that you, you stick with going to Mass on Sunday. I think everyone should go to confession once a month. I don't mm. care who you are. Mm. I don't care who you are. You'll find something. Right. You know? <laughs> and if not, uh, ask I, your spouse or your kids. <laughs> yeah, they'll tell you, right? The kids will tell you for sure. Yeah, yeah right. Yes. So this is it. I mean, you're you're identifying these things. Personal prayer every day is like the thesis statement that attunes us to God. I love that confession. I want to go in the weeds a little bit, though, further in terms of the challenge to be interpersonal. And I even want to showcase maybe for our listeners who have not heard the Poco a Poco podcast run by some younger, by years and my standards anyways, Joe, uh, CFRs. And for some, like the first 15 minutes, some truthfully may get annoyed and they even make fun of themselves because they're very kind of off the wall, random relational. But I actually like that because I think it showcases brotherhood. It showcases there's ribbing, there's sarcasm, but there's a delight and a joy and a sense of mission, you know, among them. So I say that to suggest that to be in community, uh, means to bear with one another, all the things Paul said, to be magnanimous. Now, in your case, you have the luxury with with the St. Francis home, as as difficult as it is, you probably, I could be wrong, but you probably don't really have peers. I mean, you are the dad. You're, you're, you're the one who presides over them. But to enter in a community, say with families, Steph and I this past weekend, um, we have this core community where these families, 12 families, commit to five months. We gather once a month for, as couples, once a month as entire families, and they're praying in their home, homes every week. Uh, all that to make the point we're strengthening each other, but many may avoid that because of convenience, because they just don't want to deal with different views and ideas, because we all see each other's blemishes. And and those things may keep us from cultivating the virtue that God wants. It's going to make us all better. And what are some of the challenges to actually do that? You know, again, Greg, and I don't want to sound redundant, but these situations, they present themselves Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. It's just, just, you know, my reaction to it, your reaction to it. You know, at the end of the day, I break everything down to to a spiritual spiritual, uh, conversation Mm -hmm. comes out of it can't help it yeah because that's what it really is right and i'm hoping to bring that you know to everyone and anyone listen not everybody has the spirituality that i have 
And so that that's which is a gift that was given to me to give to others. It's not like it's anything I did on my own. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's a gift. But what was the gift? But the gift was to to, to give away. You know, and so uh, I find it very gratifying to be able to do that. And and I find myself I don't even know how it happens. It just happens. Doesn't matter what we're talking about. Doesn't matter where we're going. Doesn't matter what just happened or whatever. At the end of the day, it comes down to your spiritual life. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to like everybody. Everybody mm-hmm. doesn't have to like me. Yes. You know, that's not that's not going to happen. That's maybe the goal that I'm looking for you because even read Raymond Arroyo's second book on Mother Angelica, they drove each other nuts. You know, they were on each other's nerves. You read yeah. the, the lives of the saints. My goodness. I mean, some of them, we would have a real hard time as they'd have a hard time. But I, you just said something that I just don't want to just gloss over quickly. It's that you choose to stay in it because there's a foundational sense that God gave us to one another to refine one another for eternity, beginning with family, but also extending family to family and community. I, I guess I'm suggesting I see that the the, the hope the hope for us to see the kingdom come is largely going to rely upon even that simple idea that we aren't avoiding community. In fact, that we're engaging it and learning to cultivate the virtues uh, of the kind of things you're saying. It's not our vocation to, you know, correct everybody. You know, that too. There's a lot of things I see that I disagree with when I'm with other families and so forth, but that's them. That's their journey, not my journey. Mm. You know, I'm not looking to pick a fight with everybody. Mm. Or I'm not looking to teach everybody. If the question comes up, I answer it. If mm-hmm. we disagree, well, we, we disagree, you know. And sometimes it's not okay. Sometimes it's not okay. So what? It's not the end of the world. You know? And, you know, another person, my journey and another person's journey, they're, they're two different journeys. There's no two people alike. There's no two fingerprints alike. There's no two eyes, ears, feet alike. which is so unique. Each and every one of us is so different. From the other person, you know, um, and so everybody has a different journey. I mean, you know, Joe, I mean, random. You know, people. Oh, oh, yes. No, go ahead. Oh, you can okay. finish. You know, a, a lot of times, you know, people will say to me, and I may have said this to you before. You know, um, you know, don't judge me, and I'm like, I judge everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, they don't tell me not to judge you. <laughs> You're judging me right now by saying <laughs> truth. Are you kidding me? You judge everything. You question everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you have all the answers. I have all the answers. No, I'm judging you. Absolutely. You're judging me. You're judging me by the shoes I wear, the clothes I wear, the words I say. You're judging me whether I'm educated, I'm not educated. You're judging me, you know, how much money I have in my pocket just by the clothes I'm wearing. Tell me not to judge you. You judge everything. Mm-hmm. Why not? There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not judging whether you're going to heaven or hell. That's the one we stay away from. The other one is my moral compass, mm-hmm. and I think everyone should have that. Yeah. Take that away from the young people in schools. Mm-hmm. Don't judge me, please. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. What were you going to no, say? No, 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 no. Just um, talking about community, talking about families, talking about you know the transgender thing was brought up. So a question that I feel like we've gotten a lot from younger parents of younger kids is, as the world gets crazier and crazier and the spiritual battle gets more intense and more intense, um, many of these parents are wanting to be more protective of their younger kids as they're picking up more and more Mm. and getting older. And often Mm. for many of them, their question is, 
you know, even in our own families at our family connect points, you know, whether it's a Sunday dinner or holiday or whatever, getting harder to be around that because Mm. of the influences, whether it's an aunt who has a wife, quote unquote, or a transgender fluid. Mm. I don't even know the terms anymore. They keep changing, you know, cousin or like, how would you advise? Like, what do you Mm. say to them? Because it's not a, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Yes, go for it. All right. I'm going to go out on a limb. And, this is not in any way to uh, hurt anyone or, any, or anything like that. That would be the last thing in the world I would want to do. Mm-hmm. But we have a, a young man who uh, is transgender that lives on our block. Mm-hmm. And at first, you know, everyone thought it was a woman. Young person, probably 25 years old, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the person walked by and everybody looked at me. All the guys in the house looked at me, you know. Mm-hmm. They said, Joe, tell us what you think. Mm. And this is what I said. I said, now you know what it, now you know what it is when a person is possessed. Mm. That's what came out of my mouth. Mm. Like that person believes he is a woman. Person believes mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. deep down in their heart. They're so confused because the person's not right. biologically. I don't have all the answers. But I looked at that person, I said, with pity, don't you ever tease that person mm-hmm. or think for any reason that, you know, you're better than that person. You know, that person, you know, you're going to be very surprised the people you meet in heaven. Right. Amen. I'm going to get there before you. This person may be one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to go further and say, Joe, if that person happened to come into your living room, number one, they'd feel like they're in an alien place, but there would be something in the depths of his soul something in the depths of his soul that would, would, would experience value, would experience purpose, would experience clarity, um, would experience a kind of love that I, I, I would put money on it, not even knowing that this person probably never experienced in his life. You know, uh, th- these you know, are stories. Would, I, I would hope that would be the case. Yeah. Well, I mean, course. the sociology, the psychology of this reveals that the vast majority, they come from broken homes. They come from broken families. Well, yeah, they're so confused. And, and, you know, do the research. I mean, I say it again. I have to say it again. Get online and, and anybody listening now without judgment, look up research terms health and transgender or health and homosexuality. You do your own research and you're going to find the, the surpassing stats revealing the wide range of physical and spiritual depression, suicide, et cetera, et cetera. And then ask yourself the question, are we impressionable? And the answer is yes. So, our whole yes. faith, yours, mine, everybody, we're, we're in a place constantly coming before God and saying, Lord, I am broken. I'm incomplete. By the way, my desires are disordered. No, I don't have that circumstance, sure. but I'm on the same, I'm on the sure. same plane. What, you know, which of us don't have desires that merit self-control? That's, that's the leveler. The only orientation Absolutely. that matters is the one we all share from sin to salvation in Jesus. To me, that's it. Yeah, so I, d- I just want to underscore too, Joe, just that the whole you know, you use the word possession that that came out of your mouth. And and again, it just echoes so loudly. This is the spiritual battle. I feel like when I even just go shopping, you know, to pick up groceries or whatever, more and more and more, you see that. And I come home 
just so heavy hearted and need to pray mm-hmm. because it is it's it's a great sadness and use the word pity right yeah. it's like oh, this is I mean. not okay this is not right and as parents and communities we can't say well we need to love everybody that is love to call it out to pray for them to to Absolutely. our heart yeah, to be yeah. so moved it's not just a acceptance it's that example of you reaching out to your your goddaughter in challenging in love and i feel like more and more and more with you know the the young kids and the middle schoolers and the teens and college kids it just gets so muddled about love and acceptance and diversity and you know like oh, the whole ju- sure. like and we need to stand up and start speaking out more clearly in love more mm-hmm. clearly with clarity and clearly conviction and and sim- simplicity yes just the other day one of the boys told me here they were at their cousin's house and they rented a room to a person who was homosexual and so the boys that were there from the saint francis house said yeah hi how you doing anyway he came back and told the cousin there that you know he was a little upset because he goes by the pronouns they I mean, listen, I don't even know. And so they right. were bringing it to me to ask for some wisdom, you know. Yeah. I said, wisdom? Want to talk about sarcasm? Here we go. <laughs> next time the person says that, I said, next time the person says that, say, I'm terribly sorry, I will not call you they. Oh, and by the way, I go by the pronouns of sir, hmm. master, king. <laughs> and so, commander. Please refer to me as sir, master, and king, and I'd be happy and be happy to refer to you as they. Now, of course, I'm being sarcastic, Yeah, you know, but but that's what came to mind. Like, mm-hmm. I said, you don't have to give in to this person's whim. Tell the person nobody really cares about what you think. Mm-hmm. How about that? Money, mm-hmm. your parents never told you that it doesn't matter what you say right now? Because evidently, that's where you're coming from, like mm-hmm. a child, mm-hmm. like an eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. Well, this is what I'm called. Well, I'm not calling you that. Right. I'm not feeding into your insanity. Yep. I'm not doing it. Your Good. feelings are hurt? Grow up. How about this one? Did anybody ever teach you this? Sticks and stones will break your bones, but names will never hurt you. Mm-hmm. They took that out of the curriculum, too. Right. <laughs> yep. You and, and you know what? You, you yep. become part of the chiseling of a road that is true, that we didn't create, but who created us. That can't be underscored. You become part of lining a road when you take a stand that that is part of a pavement we did not create, but who created us. And as, again, we keep Listen, repeating. I, I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going, to t- I'm going to tell you something that just happened to me a couple of weeks ago. I wound up in the hospital. I'm in the hospital. Mm. It's 11 o'clock at night. They're checking me out, make sure everything is okay. A woman comes in with her computer, and she says, Mr. Campo, I have to speak to you. Oh, I'm sorry. Would you like to be called Mr. Campo, Joe, he, her, they, oh my gosh. them? Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at this person, and the guy that took me into the hospital knows me very well. He used to be one of the guys that lived here. He looked at me, and I looked at him. I go, here we go. (laughs) I said, said, you can't be serious. She looked at me. She goes, no, I have to ask. I go, this is your job? There's actually a job for this? You get paid to ask me these ridiculous questions? Wow. I'm in a hospital. You know, this is what you're asking. Isn't there something a little more important than that? Right, going on here. Right, right. Yeah, 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 like my health. Right. <laughs> and she's, well, I'm sorry, I have to ask you these questions. Mm. I said, look, I have a penis. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. Is that on your curriculum to ask me? Yeah. As she turned five shades of red. Day. Yeah. She may have appreciated it. Night, Jose, oh, she laughed. Jose was, 
Jose was looking at me going, you're going to kill him. You're going to kill him. <laughs> I, I'm not killing anybody. I'm dying here mm. in a hospital. They're asking me questions like this. I, I could not believe Insanity. 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 Yeah. Well, of course, of course, I think, again, it's one of those situations where God presented him, himself in, in this way for me to sort of like, you people are out of your mind. Mm. I said, Don't ask me those questions again. That's what I said to mm. this poor lady. Please do not ask me those questions again, ever. Put that in your notes. Right. You know? In the meantime, did somebody check my blood pressure? Because you know? <laughs> it just skyrocketed yeah. even higher. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Well, anyway, they were all laughing. She goes, I don't understand how you could be so funny when all this is going on. And I looked at her, I go, I'm serious. <laughs> this Great. is not funny. <laughs> Joe, as we're coming in for a landing this this episode, just delighted that, that you're with us. But it would be remiss of me on the eve of a very consequential election coming from the great state of New York, and I don't mean that sarcastically. I think God has woven into the people of New York, state and city, and all it contains tremendous virtue and grace and wisdom that I do think, you know, is iconic and, and can rise from the ashes and from the difficulty. You know that. Light in the darkness. You're there and all of that. Just any thoughts any thoughts on the state of the union and what is playing out and how important maybe November is, but particularly from the vantage of the People's Republic of New York? Well, you know, I, I, it's nice that you would say so many nice things about New York. And, you know, I, I, I agree with you, but it's really turned into like a cesspool of toxic waste, you mm. know? Pretty bad here. Mm. And, yeah. you know, I'm in the middle of like Millenniumville, you know? And, um, well... Most people here are extremely liberal. We have commercials on television every single day that promote abortion. Mm. That promote it. I mean, just yes. you can't like. I almost died, but because of so and so, now you can't vote to him. I almost died. That's why I had my abortion. And mm. I, I said to the guys, "Well, nobody said to her that you know the doctors said that to a hundred other women too that day mm-hmm. for healthy for healthy babies." Mm. You know, so we don't know. What, we don't know. We just know that it's wrong, but. I mean, can it rise from the ashes? That certainly is my hope. I hope that it can. I hope that it will. This next election will determine that. Uh, mindful at this era, this point in human history, I think you began beautifully and rightly in punctuating Our Lady, the gift from heaven, right? The means through which Christ chose to come into the world. And then in the 20th century, more apparitions than any time in history approved private revelations, but revealed to us uh, messages from heaven and Fatima, kind of the queen, I think, revelation about, you know, the final conflict through Sister Lucia will be over marriage and family. And uh, there's much more contained there. Akita, very much worthy of our attentiveness of the battle that would take place within the church itself, involving the Pope all the way to the top, all the way down. You know, we live in an era right now, if we've learned anything over the last two years, is that we can't uncritically accept everything being said to us or the narratives around us. And I I do believe there's a sobering. I do believe there's an awakening. I do believe that in the wake of deconstructionism, of following, if you will, uh, the the dictates, let's just say, of not God, of Satan, the adversary, people are really broken and they're really wounded. That makes this the Catholic moment. I mean, it makes people like you, Joe, and uh, and the St. Francis home, you know, the Bethlehem and the CFRs, it makes us who may feel so small and inconsequential, all of you brothers and sisters who are listening and feel so small under the cloud of these multimedia empires that are you know, punctuating these things, God chose such as us to be the means by which his son 
would be born. And we need not be distracted. I hear you say this again. Our friendship has cultivated this, Joe, that we need not be, we need to be aware of it. We need to speak to it, but not so much that it diminishes our focus on Jesus. You spoke of this in the beginning also, that focus on Jesus in prayer, know that he's Lord. He's still all powerful. Every act of Satan as Ripperger would say, he allows on a very short leash. God is over all of that. And so keep pressing on, brothers and sisters. All of you who are listening, we're united with you. Let's uh, really earnestly pray, but also see that prayer takes on a form of action in our words, in our thoughts, and certainly in the election, that that is a godly spiritual act to speak. As Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, um, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. We are called in this day and age to speak with love and kindness. And all of us who have these disordered desires, which is all of us, by the way, see them with a vi- the vision of God and his love for them and be his presence to them. Any final words, Joe, before we land this? Uh, no, I think, I think what you just said was beautiful. It's a great wrap-up, you know? It's just a great wrap-up. Just bring everything to prayer. Mm-hmm. Take your time. We have to slow down. Mm-hmm. We really need to stop. And Ed, before you do anything, pray. Let's go vertical. Lead us right now. Heavenly Father, we present ourselves uh, before you and the heavenly court mm. to ask you to lead us and to guide us into heaven. Mm. Into heaven. Le- lead us, Lord. Show us the way. Give us the strength, the patience, the fortitude, the knowledge. Send us your Holy Spirit with all its gifts with all his gifts, Lord, mm. that we may use them, so that we may conquer evil, uh, so that we may be protected from evil. Mm. We know that even the angels themselves were fooled by Satan, who knew everything. Mm. So we could easily be fooled, easily, just mortal men and women. Mm. So Lord, protect us in everything, in our thoughts, in our words, and teach us to love one another more, like you loved us. I ask all of this through Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All of you who are listening right now, we just want to affirm God blessed us for such a time as this. And uh, we are grateful for radio stations and podcasts as occasions, above all, for more than just media, but a movement. And of course, the Eucharist is the very heart of that. So do not miss the Eucharist. Every opportunity we get to be forged in the very nature of Christ, to live out a holy community. (laughs) And uh, whatever barriers, brothers and sisters, those of you who are listening, break through them. Have magnanimity. Let forgiveness and apology get the obstacles out of the way. Right now, all of us can think of some person maybe uh, to whom we need to apologize or forgive. Just do it. Pray for the grace and just clear one barrier today. That's how we defeat uh, the, the kingdom of Satan, if you will, and restore the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Until next time, God bless you all.